This is the official Covering the Corner podcast, episode 180. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and in this week's episode, talk about Josh Naylor's injury on Sunday, talk about Oscar Mercado and Logan Allen coming back to the team, the current pitching situation, and which of the several pitchers that are here that weren't to start the year, which we think will stick around, talk about Fran Mill Reyes, Roberto Perez potentially returning soon, and, and also that I guess we'd include Zach Plezak. He's, he's rehabbing as well. So a lot of guys coming back soon, we'll talk about them, what they could mean for the lineup, uh, just a general Bobby Bradley discussion because... You have to have a Bobby DeBradley discussion because he's so good. He hits the ball so damn far. And we'll talk about Jose Ramirez not in the All-Star voting finals, which is uh, a crime against humanity and maybe doesn't matter at all. But also, I kind of care about it too much. Um, and, of course, I'll have a meatball for you because you got to have meatballs. Joining me for all that and more, another Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Always, uh, always a great time being here talking with you. Baseball. Merritt, I'm really sweaty. That's that's all I got for you this morning. Oh, you're really morning, sweaty? But, yeah. <laughs> it's a I'm hot dying. one. <laughs> i got this i guess it's a cheap desk it must not be very good because i like stick to it i don't like it it's not I, think good, I, I think that's all desks it could be Is a it? sign of a good desk because it's made of real wood who knows oh, it's definitely not a good desk because everything sticks to it and like rips up the stuff so i'm sticking to my desk right now that's for sure i'm avoid, i'm avoiding ways to touch it right now I'm, this may be our stickiest episode of covering the corner it right? is yeah welcome to yeah i got nothing i mean i wish we could watch cody anderson or you know i already forgot the wood guy's name the wood oh guy, oh Hunter, Hunter wood? wood, yeah, yeah, the wet what guy. Would they be like pitching today, yeah, they would be. I, I don't think I don't think Hunter Wood was ever. A, I don't think I think he was ever a sweaty guy. He was a wet guy. Sweaty guys are more your your Cody Andersons or your. This was really sweaty. I think Justin <laughs> He's the first one really, that comes to mind for me. Justin Masterson got really sweaty there for a while because he had this big shiny head. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Napoli was a good sweater. And he's always always has shirt like half a but that's a moist man right there. Thank God they they invite, invite, uh, invented these uh, delightfully wicking technology they have in the modern uniforms. Otherwise, imagine the pit stains on some of these guys. Ooh wee! Uh, you know what else uh, wicks the sweat, Merritt? I, not what you're about to say, but whatever. Come on. Meatball. Meatballs, Merritt. Meatballs make wick the sweat. Uh, this is, of course, our meatball section where we talk about fun little things that happened over the last week of games. Um, I don't have one this week, uh, but I know you do. So, so Merritt, what's your what's your meatball, your fun little tidbit of what happened in Cleveland baseball over the last week? Well, this is a more of a general one, but also ties into something that's happening soon. As we all know, correlation equals causation. And so, in, 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 in light of that, I want to talk about something I discovered on Baseball Savant today. So when you use their search feature, for those who don't know and who don't use it all the time, if you're searching for a certain pitch and you select the quote-unquote shadow of the plate, uh, they just define that as kind of on the black, as it were, right? The place that's just on the edge of the strike zone. Um, it is good to pitch here because it's harder to hit in that area than it is in the heart of the plate because it's further away from the heart of the plate at a different angle, et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's where we, that's, that's why we marvel at things like what Shane Bieber can do, just kind of dot the edge constantly. Anyway, I was curious to see how different Cleveland starters do when it comes to throwing pitches in the shadow of the plate. And your top three, Matt, are Aaron Savali at 44.3%, Zach Plezak at 43.1%, and Tristan McKenzie at 41.5%, which tells me that if you throw the pitches in the shadow of the plate, you're going to get hurt. And that's what I've learned. So that the shadow is actually bad? It's bad. Stay away from the shadows. No, but all, in, in all honesty, I, I thought it was neat that four and five on this list are actually Logan Allen and Eli Morgan. 
uh, watching Morgan start. Was that last week? I think it was. The one where he was so. okay and not bad. Yeah, that was last week. Yeah, yeah. I was um, re- – honestly, I'll say this. I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but I was very impressed by him. Uh, I, he, I know he gave up a home run on Monday night to Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera is not Miguel Cabrera anymore, but he's still, you know, very good. And, I mean, the pitch was a, a high changeup. Uh, Morgan's got a great changeup, but if, the fact of the matter is if you throw even a great changeup, unless you're apparently uh, – What's his name on the White Sox? Lucas Giolito. That's the one. I was like, it's a Q or a G? I couldn't remember the, I could, I could remember the, the shape of the letter. I was like, what is yeah, that Wasn't one? that a slider he had? Um, or was I looking at the wrong one? Well, he, oh, he throws that constant changeup up in the uh, – I don't know. Tonight or on Monday night when he gave up the, the home run? It looked like a changeup to me. I don't know. I only, I, I only looked at it a couple of times. But it looked like it was the right uh, speed and movement of his change. But anyway, uh, his ability to work generally the outside of the zone and dot stuff, even though he only throws like 91, 92. I'm very encouraged by this. And – We've been saying it over and over and over. One of these young pitchers is, has to work out just by like process of elimination, right? It's not like it, it can't be like the universe is like going to curse Cleveland now. Like here's three good pitchers. Now you get none forever. Eventually, one of these guys is going to pay off. And seeing that kind of command and having a very good changeup, I think it really can lend oneself to being a good pitcher. But uh, and other than that, yeah. Um, Logan Allen's also on that, and as we've seen so far, he's not that good. But yeah, he's coming back though. He was. I mean, we can just talk about the pitchers now because I mean, it's a it's a natural transition anyway. And I mean, but yeah, it's it's not that they're they're cursed, like you said. I think they're fine. Like all these pitchers, we're we're what like ten pitchers deep, and we're still to the point where we have at least a guy who has an elite looking changeup in the minors, and it might be in the majors. And then we have like Jason Mejia, who looks like he's been pretty decent sometimes. Sam Hedges, who just looks like he should be a reliever or a fifth guy, but. I mean, at least these guys aren't coming out and and not looking like major league pitchers. Like considering how deep they are in their their rotation at this point, it's it's still something that they have. And when when everybody gets back healthy, when they have Bieber, Savali, and Plesac, and hopefully Tristan McKenzie works out whatever his problem is, then then these guys can just come up when they're actually ready. And I think this could even just help them coming up and getting this brief shot. And whether they're bad like Sam Hedges or showing some promise like Eli Morgan, if they're going to go back down and work, they know what. Or they have a better idea of what works in the majors and what they need to work on down there. So, I think at the end this season will help their pitching stuff altogether, especially when not everybody's destroyed like they are now. But, um, but it's the way we were going to talk about this basically was: is there one? If you had to pick one to stick around um, between the starters now, which I guess would be Mejia, Cal Quantrill, Eli Morgan. Um, I guess we got Logan Allen in there. Same Hentges. I don't think it's going to be same Hentges, but. Um, of those guys that are starting now, who do you think is the one most likely to stick around? I mean, is it Eli Morgan or is there somebody else who's, who you think is more likely to be a starter? I would say, I mean, the thing, you know, I, I watch JC Mejia and I like what I see a lot of times. It's just, he can't seem to get out of the first inning, I think is, I don't know. And that's, that's such like a, a nitpicky kind of a thing, but it's just like, he doesn't seem to have an out pitch to get him out of that first inning and then be able to kind of motor on and, I don't know whether it's just a lack of command or a lack of having anything really overly useful. Um, I, so I want to say him, but at this point, I think it probably has to be Eli Morgan only because he has demonstrated, I think, more recently, and he's shown some growth from one year, you know, from one start to another. I don't know. I, I, I trust him a little bit more, but that's not to say that I don't think JC Mejia can't be a valuable pitcher. I mean, his, his peripherals are, you know, I mean, we're talking about guys who have 20, 30, 20 and 30 innings pitch, but like, you know, his peripherals aren't terrible. He's a, 3.27 fielding independent pitching, a whip in the 1.1s. Uh, he's striking out just under one guy per, per nine or per inning. He's not giving up home runs. Uh, cut his walk rate up just a little bit. Then we're talking about, I think, a pretty good pitcher, right? Like not like a not like a front line guy, but like you said, 
we're not looking at guys who are supposed to be frontline guys right now. Anyway, we're looking at guys who, in a normal year, would be swing starters and guys to come up to give someone a breather or to take care of the rotation while one pitcher is on the 10-day IL, right? Not when th- three and then a fourth guy just, just kind of can't figure anything out. Another guy. So I think my answer, quite, quite honestly, is probably still Eli Morgan, but I think kind of you know, r- running down behind it might be J.C. Me. I, I, I'd like to see – I mean, I, I by the time this podcast is over, I'll have a better sense of Eli Morgan because of having a start under his belt, and even if it's against a – not great offensive team. I think part of what's benefited Cleveland pitchers over the last couple of years is the fact that the division's been so god awful. Uh, they they've kind of kind of they kind of baby steps into facing major league pitching, if that makes sense. And so, like, there's a couple of good hitters on every team, but like they can if you can figure out how to navigate them and then figure everything out else out, you can become elite over time. Yeah, and we'll know more about Eli Morgan too after his next start. It's the the Astros on Saturday, so oh, I mean, at God that point, if he can do it. something there, then oh, um, no. I'm, I'm sure he's going to get destroyed. Just oh no, they're the so Astros. good at hitting in that team because <laughs> oh. I, I mean the whole schedule is brutal coming up. So we're going to find out about him and everybody else on this team. They play like I think it's the Astros twice, the Rays twice. They play the A's, um, the White Sox. Like Ju- July is just going to be absolutely brutal for the whole pitching staff, but. I agree that that Morgan's probably one of the ones that looks like the best. He's the one I want to succeed the most just because he's different. He's the small guy who throws um, a really fun changeup. It's just so it, the movement on it is just crazy compared. To, I mean, it, it works so well, even though he doesn't throw a hard fastball, which is neat. Uh, he also works extremely fast, which is really cool. Like we saw these first couple innings against the D- Detroit, even with the home run, like he just gets up there, he goes, he pitches, he gets the next pitch, goes, pitches. Like he is not a guy who would be worried about a pitch clock. Well, that's just fun to me is, is throwing, uh, potentially throwing hitters off they have to work to slow him down because he's always so quick to to get the ball to the plate but I, I also think like he has issues with breaking balls they're not good yet at all um his, his change up like you said he gets it up too much his see, he does have issues but i think those are all fixable things that yeah he it's can all fix and yeah, it's perfectly practice. fine for like a fifth guy yeah the main one i was going to say was mejia um I, i've really liked some of the stuff we've seen from him it is weird that he doesn't get out of the first inning like even when he has a perfectly fine outing he still pitches like 30 pitches in the first yeah. inning. Which... I, I, I can't figure it out and I, it yeah. just seems like every time i've seen him pitch it's like he's, he's grinding ass first inning he's like i'm gonna bite my own tongue off <laughs> it and always it, looks terrible and you think yeah. he's gonna be a bad outing then he somehow gets out of it because he just he, like i said he doesn't have that pitch right he doesn't have anything huge any one huge thing or even something moderately good which much like what you mentioned with morgan will come in time, I think, once he understands how his different pitches work with each other and, you know, works with the team to kind of shape his repertoire, one would hope, into a more uh, aesthetically pleasing manner that tricks uh, pitchers a bit better, or hitters a bit better. Um, And he does have sort of, like, one of the things I look for now, like, now that we have Baseball Savant, is if you've ever used their pitch arsenal thing, you can see a really detailed image of um, how their pitches play off each other because you can see uh, the pitch movement and all that. Like, he has one that looks... I'm not going to say it's extremely similar, but it has, it looks kind of like um, Shane Bieber's from last year, where um, he would want to have little, maybe a little less horizontal movement on a slider, get it more up and down like his curveball. And then, like, if he gets a cutter instead of the sinker or something, like if he does something that Aaron Savali did and just get rid of that sinker and go with a cutter and that fits up, um, then he has pitches coming everywhere and breaking everywhere and he could fool batters a lot easier, I think, than, than using that sinker, which is essentially the same movement as a changeup, um, but faster and it still gets hit. So it's not, probably helping him a whole lot so that's one thing i like about him is he looks like he is he's coming up the same path that like shane bieber and 
all these other guys that having a similar movement profile. I mean, obviously it's more than just that. He's got to uh, be able to tunnel like they do, but I think there is something really interesting there with him. Um, I also think we can't give up on Cal Quantrill yet, or I can't anyway, because I think he's just, I love the two seamer movement he has. Um, I don't know, man. Him, I mean, I know they were talking about how he's so much better as a reliever than as a starter. So he's trying to do the, there was an article that was in the athletic where he's trying to kind of do the Carlos Carrasco thing, but like, He's just been so bad as a <laughs> it's just it's so depressing because like I I wonder he was good too. against the what was oh, the Pirates he was really good against the Pirates man yeah I mean it's, it's the Pirates so that was that was the point there it wasn't good against a good team but I mean he was okay against Baltimore which is a team that crushes Cleveland for some odd reason but uh, I mean against the Minnesota he got shelled but he had a couple like I know it's a sample size and we're talking about combined eighteen innings as a starter and twenty eight as a reliever but that's like a hundred point difference in OPS. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the, the thing is we're, we're splitting hairs. I, like I mentioned before, we're talking about guys with 18 innings, 33 innings. How many innings has uh, he pitched this year so far? Not 47 innings. I mean, it's, the sample sizes aren't great to make huge judgments, sweeping opinions or anything like, here like this. But Yeah. And, and now, now, was I being too mean to Sam Hentges? Or is it just feel like he's just kind of there because they didn't have anybody? I mean, he was like the first one up in the, the round of deeper guys, but... Man, he does not look good. There's, his fastball is just extremely hittable. He can he can pump it up there, but it it does nothing, and it just gets killed. And I just don't see. I would love to have a lefty throwing. What does he throw? Does he have the nine nineties? I'm pretty sure he gets up. Yeah, ninety seven, ninety. I guess yeah. the thing. Like, I would love he, to have a lefty like that, but it just it does not look good so far. Like I wrote about the other you know, a couple weeks ago. Like he just he he's he's the he's the antithesis of your typical Cleveland pros, pitching prospect. You know what? We expect uh, Eli Morgan. We don't expect Sam Henches and. It's just weird that both of them aren't working, but I don't know. Um, I think he's also one that will that this time will help him because he'll see that you can't just overpower. Like, shoot, go watch what's his name? Uh, oh my god, he's on the Yankees. My god. Garrett Cole. He, he throws a hundred miles an hour, uh, but he's, he's he got crushed his last time out. I mean, at the same time, you talk about um, Jacob Degrom, but he's a freak of nature. So, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think you can try to be Jacob Degrom. It doesn't quite uh, go that well. I mean, I'd, I'd, try. Be, I'd, I'd be a little happy right? if Sam Hatches was Jacob Degrom. I'd be a little listen. Why not? But, what's yeah. what's to stop him other than physical <laughs> ability and the, and, the, and the luck of uh, you know everything else? But yeah, and I, I think I still think he's going to be a reliever at some point. Like if he can throw that hard and throw even harder, and he just needs his fastball and curveball and off to go. But like the slider and changeup are just not there for him. And I think it'd be a perfectly fine two pitch pitcher who can give you a couple innings out of the bullpen, but we'll see. And it's, it's neat that they at least have all these guys who um, they're going to get, they're going to get their shot now and then go back down when everybody's healthy and hopefully know what to work on and come back. And one of those guys obviously is uh, Logan Allen who, who went down early. He was before everybody was injured. That's, that's back in the before times when we thought everything was fine. And he was in the <laughs> rotation opening day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he was just the extra arm back there. He just, he was just good at a spring training and just let him give it a shot. We got so many pitchers who cares. And then all of a sudden everything collapsed. Um, but he went down to AAA after really terrible starts in the majors. Had some really bad starts in Columbus. Um, he eight earned eight earned runs in six inning pitch, seven earned runs in one point one in the other game. Seventeen point two innings pitch, twenty three earned runs, whip into twos. What's going on here? He is not looking at all. And then he was injured, missed a bunch of games. Hasn't pitched since June eighteenth. But now he's up. Um, he's either going to be used. Obviously, by the time this podcast comes out, we'll know. But he'll either be used out of the bullpen tonight or he'll start Thursday, um, which, again, this is just a thing where 
they're digging for these arms. They're they're I wrote in the series preview, they're not just scraping the bottom of the barrel, they're like turning it over and looking on the bottom of it and seeing if they can find anybody who can throw a ball. And I think they're just kind of hoping Logan Allen he didn't show that he figured anything out in the minors. I guess they're just I guess they just have to use somebody else and he's the next one up because I there just isn't anybody else. They signed somebody else today who they're gonna use eventually. Um some guy was on the Brewers, I already forgot his name, but I'm sure we'll see him at some point. Um I mean they're just digging so I think the next guy is what, like Kirk McCarty down there in AAA. So um, I hope Logan Allen figured it out and I hope the, the break from the, the elbow inflammation, maybe that was giving him issues both in the majors and especially for his terrible minor league starts. And maybe he's recovered from that and better, but, um, looking at him up now and also Oscar Mercado who's coming up because, um, we should probably talk about what happened to Josh Naylor first, uh, which was, I guess we can for a moment. Yeah. Cause that, that was not good. That was no. the defining thing of, I mean, Cleveland lost, but it really didn't matter because if, if an adult, you didn't see it yet, you probably don't want to look it up, but um Cal broke his leg anyway <laughs> yeah broke is it broke doesn't even describe it uh, the way it looked because he and Ernie Clement were going for a ball um Francona said after the game that Naylor probably should have called for it but it was just a freak accident I mean this happens all the time where relievers and infielders run into each other it usually doesn't happen the way it did just the way they contacted Josh Naylor spun around and landed on his ankle in the worst possible way um at full speed I didn't think anything happened but he he landed on it and then he was flopping around like really hard and it was clear he was in a lot of pain he was calling everybody to come over as soon as they could it was just an awful situation Ernie Clement felt terrible he had to be consoled by Harold Ramirez on the way back um, just a, a really bad situation all around and then they knew right away something was broke clearly looking at the video it was but they found out afterwards and he went to the hospital and now we know he's he's on the 10-day DL now which is clearly just uh just the way they do it later on he'll be on the 60-day L when they need the slot um, but yeah it's it's a terrible loss I mean just he was finally starting to put it together, I think, on the field. His WRC Plus got up to like 90, something like that. And and more than that, he was just a guy in the clubhouse. He's always great. He had that um, the thing where he was cheering on Paul Hoynes when he figured out Zoom. Like That was just a look, and I'm sure how enthusiastic he is in the clubhouse. Because um, Paul Hoynes, the Cleveland.com writer, I guess he always has a problem unmuting himself. And he finally got it, and Josh Naylor was cheering him on in the Zoom call, and that was really fun. So I'm sure that's just the kind of thing that the players see all the time from him. But now that's either going to be gone, or it's going to be a guy on crutches back there helping him out. But um, I feel terrible for Josh, bad for the team, because I think he was he was on his way to helping them a lot, and, and now they don't have him. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. Like you said, in the last two weeks, he had an 894 OPS. Um, he's fun to watch. I One of the guys that you – I don't know. You know, I mean, we, we, we all admitted that it's a rebuilding season of some kind, and he's a guy who has a lot of fun tools and seems like a really neat guy. And I don't know, good vibes off him constantly, and everyone seems to like him. Uh, there was um, – someone was talking about, I think, on Twitter about how I, when something happened. He was a major source of positive energy within the clubhouse, as you mentioned before. I don't know. That's a very, a very nice half-remembered story right there. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I think it's definitely true. I think he was on the way to being like the Mike Napoli guy, not he, but a guy who could probably play better than Napoli did toward the end of the season. So, yeah, no, I mean, he was I, the clubhouse guy as far as you yeah, can tell from the outside. To see him start to put together is always exciting. Um, it just sucks he's hurt. I mean, there's two of them. There's two of these nailers in the uh, in the in the in the system. I hope I want them both to work out because that'd be fun and funny. And I just, I mean, one hopes that a broken leg isn't that big of a deal. Um, I know, it, obviously, it definitely kind of slows down his development process because he can't play baseball and he has to rehab now and all that stuff. So, it, but yeah, one hopes it's something you know don't have to think about the injury anymore. It's just you know we get to, we get to see him play next year. You know, like. They said, what, six months, something like that, too, for healing and everything like that. He's probably going to have to get some surgery and stuff like that. But Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Medicine is good these days. And so yeah. we'll just you know, fix him and he'll be fine. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a 
it was a closed fracture and dislocation was the official thing, which means it didn't like the bone didn't come out of the skin or anything, but the bone in there is just broken. Um, you know, I, I don't, I obviously not a doctor, but I figured that's like, that's gotta be the better news than like breaking your tibia or your fibula or something down there. Um, so I, I guess it depends on how severe the actual break is, I guess. But I, as far as what happened and seeing it and what it looked like, I guess yeah, that's dude, it looked good awful. news. Like, my yeah. God. Like, I know it wasn't one of those really awful breaks, like what happened to that kid the, at the, in the NCAA tournament that time. Those were, that was horrendous. Or like Paul George or anything like that. But still, it looked like he was flopping around there. And he looked, he looked, I don't know. It just it was crushing because he's, what, 23, 24, something like that? Yeah, he's still really young. He just, he just turned 24 six days ago, actually. Uh, so that blows, and yeah, I just I hope he comes back as strong as ever because he's a big, strong dude, and uh, you know, one of those guys who you could see being around for, you could expect to see around for a while. And I think I wrote about it a little while back. He's the kind of player that you just kind of root for and becomes kind of a fan favorite, even if he's not well, like you know, he'd be guy. My my dream was him being like a one twenty five, one thirty um, WRC plus kind of a guy, um, not like stupendous, but very good, and um, you know, eventually gets paid a ton, but also. Just isn't really a star for a while, but is definitely a beloved player within the within the system and the fan base. And I don't think that's ending by any stretch of the imagination. I think he'll bounce back perfectly fine because he's still young. And like I said before, medicine is incredible. We're seeing guys like Tom Brady play until they're forty-seven years old or whatever, and he plays in a sport where you get run into every time. Yeah, I don't. I think he's. Plus, he's a hockey yeah. fan, so and they're very tough. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm he's a Canadian boy. He's, he's, he's Canadian. So he, back. He's, as Don Cherry once said, a good Canadian boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, it, it was clear he was going to be gone for a while. So they did have to call somebody up. They went with Oscar Mercado, which I think that alone is a, a conversation starter because that is that is a choice that they made. They have a lot of options who are all these guys that are just kind of similar levels right now. Um, I think Oscar Mercado is maybe on the, the lower end of the ceiling at this point because Daniel Johnson's ceiling might be higher. Nolan Jones, I think, is way higher. But um, this is who Cleveland picked. He was... He was obviously bad the last time he played. Um, he's terrible for Cleveland. They went down AAA. He was, he's not been great down there. He was sort of getting hitting really well, and then he got hit in the face by a pitch, which was um, just never good. Um, he went down, and he was bad after that. And I mean, I mean, for a guy who, like, he admitted in the past that some of his issues were just mental, which I completely get, and I wonder if, like, just getting hit in the face of the ball just sort of messed his head a little bit, and maybe he can just shake out of that and be back to hitting well. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, he's up now in the majors, and I, I guess are you happy to see him instead nah, of I don't know like Johnson or Nolan <laughs> Jones or yeah, you know, like listen, the, the positive here is I guess he'll play right field and uh, Bradley Zimmer I assume will ma- maintain center um, defensively. Where are you putting Big bit... Harold? What are you doing to Big Harold over there? Oh shit! <laughs> I, I would assume either Zimmer or Mercado's the fifth outfielder. Yeah, I guess you're right. Fourth, fifth kind. I of don't guy. know. I just. I kind of feel like Mercado's a known quantity at this point. And you're, maybe you can figure it out he's still very young. Um, but, like, I kind of feel like he got his shot. Why not? I don't, I don't mean to bring this up every time we talk about the outfield. But, like, what is it What is it about Daniel Johnson that it doesn't allow him to have an opportunity to play baseball in the major leagues? I I, I think they just they just have seen something that's – I mean, he had that five strikeout game and he looked miserable. But you can't judge it off a couple games. But I think they've seen something that – that is a, a tip off to them that he's just going to be bad at this point. So I mean, he's improved every year he's been in the minors. Basically, is the thing too. He's he's, he's hit. Um, he's almost hit better at every level. Like outside of one season in single A in high A, his best hitting season basically is in triple A. Not this year. He only has a seventy five OPS. 
Yeah, it's not very good this year. But, you know, I mean, last year was great. And I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it's but, I mean, there's lots of guys who do that. And then they hit AAA. And then they hit the majors. And they fizzle out. Like, Oh, I know. We, we, we have a lit. I could. Let me just dial up outfielders for the Cleveland <laughs> you Indians. You don't have to look back very far. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but I, I, don't I mean, know. if it's. If it's not the case where they've seen something, it's just malpractice at this point because they're not getting any service time out of him. He's 25. Who cares? Like, it's clearly they don't believe he can do it, and maybe he'll he'll be the next Jesus Aguilar and go somewhere. But um, it, it's got to be something extremely blatant at this point that, that he can't do, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and it's not like there's some other shining star of a potential good outfielder out there. I know you're going to say Nolan Jones, but, like, I don't want him in right field. I um, mean, he's he's a he's an infielder by trade. Uh, only the place that you could put him would be. Uh, and I, and I, I mean, want just him cut to cut that guy at third base and just play him over there. Oh, that's true. Good point. I, I don't know. I mean, but but in all honesty, like dumping Eddie Rosario or something like that is, is a move I'd be completely fine with. But like that, that's something you don't want to call up only because you want him to get at bats, and maybe that's part of it too. Is they don't want to call up Daniel Johnson and make him sit on the bench because maybe they just think at this point him getting at bats is what he needs to hone his craft, right? Like maybe that maybe this is the reverse of, of what I'm talking about. This is well ask him Ricardo, we know what he is. He's bad. Uh, but we're just gonna use him because we don't want to, you know, not so much burn options as not give guys like DJ an opportunity to grow or Nolan Jones an opportunity to get at bats every single day or you know, like it's it's obvious that there's guys that they want when they have a hole there's guys they, they want to give opportunities to. Like Owen Miller was he played a ton, and they're like, you know what, this is not. This is, this is, <laughs> this is we're gonna just shuffle you back down there. Can you go away now? This was um, fun, but but like you know, it's like there, there's it's obvious that they were trying something. We wanted to see give him an honest chance, right? And Mercado's gotten that honest chance. They know what he does, and so now they're just like, well, we need someone who we need a warm body at this point. Like the, the starting outfield is kind of locked in day to day. And we just need to kind of piece together outside of that. Like he is competent. He can lay down a bunt sometimes. And at the, at the end of the day, like what else? Are we, like he can come in the, in the eighth, seventh, or eighth and play for whoever, you know? So it's a role that needs filling and he's there to do it. Yeah. And at this point, I guess they just, they just like Bradley Zimmer walking a ton and then running fast. I don't know what I else I see in him because there's nothing else there. Like he too was a known quantity and not a great one. But listen, man, three sixty on base percentage and just running fast. Let's take it every single day. Yes, <laughs> two twenty four slug. His batting average and slugging as of before Monday night's game is the same. Which is one day he'll hit a double. Maybe <laughs> he'll get there. You're you're doing good, bud. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. There's something there at least I think with him, and that that's probably why. Like if they don't think. Uh, maybe they just don't think Daniel Johnson can even hit that level right now, and it'd be better off keeping Bradley Zimmer in there, like you said, just give Mercado a warm body. Well, again, like they, they don't waste anything. I don't think they have space because they're not going to get rid of Eddie Rosario right now. They're not just going to cut bait. They spent money on him, and you know, I mean, some I mean, cost fallacy being on ground it. rolls on ground balls. And that's Listen, hilarious, that so. rule that was the coolest thing that's happened to this <laughs> that, team all year. <laughs> it legitimately might be like um, if anybody didn't know, like when he played the twins and they walked Jose Ramirez to load the bases, he had a very, he had a ground ball that happened to get by the shortstop, but he flipped his bat dramatically and stared down. It was a cool, that was so cool. <laughs> I don't know if he just didn't care or he thought maybe it wasn't a ground ball somehow, or he was just looking to flip his bat, but that was great. Or he's just the coolest guy on earth. I don't know. But then the care of Ramirez is playing well, like honest to God playing well. He's one of the best hitters on the team right now. So you're not going to get rid of him. And Bradley Zimmer's, a, you know, whoever the other guys are not center fielders. So, yeah, I mean, Bradley Zimmer has a tool. He has speed. Like, I don't know if you can say that about Mercado or 
necessarily even Daniel Johnson besides his arm at this point right yeah. now. But well, um, what's his uh, Zimmer is a great defensive center fielder, and like for a very flawed team, we need some and with with a you know with a, a pitching staff that's pieced together with Twine and Hope. Like they need things to make it a little easier on them, and so having a good a great defensive center fielder and a good infield, they need these things. So it's just tough because we want the team to be good, and we and we've been hearing all these young guys' names for forever. Like, how many of these guys have played like the MLB Futures games and all this kind of stuff? Where are they? Give me one. This <laughs> another give. <laughs> that and is I'm, like the but then this year on this team, you get guys like Bobby Bradley who might not get a chance if they like had Edmund and Carnacion in his prime, and you get these guys who. Who he is just so damn fun because he hits the ball. Like, what is his max exit like? Like 114 miles per hour is his hardest hit this year, and and I mean he's doing it right now. This is it's not like three games anymore. This is what are we up to? 19 games, 62 at bats. I mean he's he's hitting. You know this is the batting over batting line I, I was talking about. <laughs> this is exactly it. Yeah. 304, 548. You're like, all right, man. Yeah, get on base 30 percent of the time and hit dingers. Let's do it. I mean striking out less than 30 percent, like. That's fine. Like if he does this forever, his bat up's going to go up probably two twenty two right now. Yeah, he, he, the thing is, he hits the ball very hard, very hard. And what more? What more do you want? Two, six home runs and out of fourteen total hits, this is this is a trend I like. Let's keep on doing it. And I I do. I mean, I got what Cleveland was doing, keeping Jake Bowers because he was out options. But it looks mighty stupid now because Bobby Bradley looks really good. I, I saw an article on. Um, the uh, fan-sided Mariner site that asked if other teams gave up on Jake Bowers too soon. And I quietly responded to myself, nope, I don't think they did. <laughs> I think they gave him plenty of chances, especially Cleveland. Um, at the Bowers very end of his rope, they could go with him. 99 OPS plus with the Mariners. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Which, I mean, good. still is not It's not great. I mean, it's good for it's good for the Mariners. You got yeah, him for yeah. free. Yeah, like, that's yeah, an, an average hitter nothing. who's you got for nothing, so good for them. But I also am not upset that Cleveland let him go to have Bobby Bradley with his half-unbuttoned shirt hitting balls 7,000 feet. He's such a fucking cool guy. <laughs> it's cool. very cool. That's the other thing. He's just so damn cool. Um, I, don't, I don't know how he is. I haven't seen, like, flashy things at first base. I haven't seen terrible things, so I don't know. It's not like Carlos Solid. Santana where you could tell he was really good. Like, is he just decent over there? He's fine from what I can tell. You know, he can stretch and do splits and make some plays and whatever. He you catch know. that ball, yes, right? He, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he has good guys who can, you know, I mean, he, he benefits from having good, you know, um, defenders throwing it to him. Uh, Jose Ramirez's arm isn't what he used to be. So, you know, it'd be nice if he was a little bit better, but what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't think he's blown plays yet. Yeah, that's, that's really all you want. Like, first baseman who hits home runs. Like, he's yeah, not just screwed. be normal. Be Just be there. Just be fine. Be all right. Now, is that uh, that totally weakened, depleted, ruined arm, is that the reason that fans clearly recognize that Jose Ramirez is over the hill? and not worthy of a final spot in the all-star vote um, through this convoluted system that MLB has for voting for the all-star, which is ridiculous um, that you, the, the first round is you just vote for every position. You can put whoever the hell you want in there. And then there's three finalists and then there's round two and then you vote for that. And then I, is there another round? I don't know, but we're close to the end apparently in voting now. And Cleveland has nobody in the finals for any position, which I think it was kind of sad seeing the the social media team try to promote. I think they were going with Jose, Cesar Hernandez, and Fran Mil Reyes as the three. And like two of them were injured, and the other was Cesar Hernandez, who was bad. So, well, um, what, I mean, what did we talk about when they signed Cesar Hernandez last year? Top ten for uh, second baseman. Uh, I don't know about that. So, anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, but the time again. Yeah. Go look at second baseman rankings. Bereft. It is. It is a, a dead position. It's amazing how crappy it is. 
But I mean, the three they got are good. I mean, Jose Altuve, DJ LeMahieu isn't quite as good, but Marcus Semyon, like those are the top three. I don't think you're gonna then. No, that's true. Then, then it chasm. falls into it falls in, yeah, it falls into Holmes immediately, and so that's why by default top ten. Um, but it's it's not, I don't know. I understand in a way why um, Ramirez isn't uh, what do you call the uh, going to he's getting a lot of love. I mean, again, Cleveland. Go on, also, confirmed um, Jose Ramirez hater. Explain why he's not going to be an All Star by well, voting. Let me just do a quick stat lookup. <laughs> what is doing? Sign that, do man? it. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know he leads or he's second among all third basemen. You know what? Runs. Yeah, why isn't he a finalist in this? Who Thank knows you, Joey Wendell. Get out of my get get this crap out of here. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, don't. He's think better it's... than Yoan Moncada, hands down. He's better than Yoan Moncada. Maybe not this year. Good lord, Yoan Moncada's having a great year. Gee whiz! Although he's only slugging three ninety three. What? Yeah, and Alex Bregman should not be in the top three. Like Yoan Moncada, maybe it's. I get it. I see it, but. Alex Bregman, that's Devers just because he's on like the Astros the third and best popular, player on I guess. Team. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Bregman, get, 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 get out of here. Get, get him out of here. But, I mean, Rafael Devers clearly, I think, is should win it anyway because he has been ridiculously good. Um, Yon Mankata, sure, fine, whatever, up there, even though he's not slugging, like you said. But Jose Ramirez should be up there, damn it. I mean, like, <laughs> he's got to be – he's one of the best hitting third basemen. He's Jose Ramirez. I mean, I haven't seen any – remember back – I guess this might be – lingering pandemic stuff but when they did all the fun promotions with Lindor and Ramirez around the all-star game and they had the the ads with the glasses and stuff I haven't seen a damn thing besides just like generic stuff they're doing just like vote Jose and then that's it we're done like I guess like nobody can do video promotions anymore because you can't get that close of access but that that was the only fun thing about the all-star game to me was those weird little things I guess it doesn't really help it even over the last month it probably doesn't but I mean he's not doing great I mean you know immediately after I was arguing about how he's about to break out and he's just been bad uh but yeah, yeah he's sucks. been inconsistent i guess which if you're gonna get votes you gotta be at least consistent and well you know people he, just gotta he, yeah he's never been he's never consistent as it is he's a, he's an ebb and flow kind of a guy and i think i mean something's gonna happen soon where he's gonna light on fire he's probably just tired because he plays so many goddamn games he's probably dinged up a little bit honestly maybe it'll be good for him he's a couple of days off i mean <laughs> but, i don't know the guy, the guy I mean, never also brings up the question don't they have to have an all-star isn't that a rule every team has to have one yeah, I think so. so I wish it wasn't who, a rule, but who I they guess send for Cleveland? I would say, pro- I mean, when you get to a level like this, you end up sending a pitcher, quite honestly. And like, oh, they probably say Class A <laughs> or Karen Jack, I guess, or Karen Jack, I guess. I guess yeah, it's going to be yeah, one of those guys. I mean, honestly, I, I, would, I would say that Class A is the most astonishing player on the team. And yeah, he'd be so, more fun in an All Star game because of that that wicked cutter, but. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, outside of him, I mean, I guess the only other answer would be Ramirez, just because Fran Mio missed all this time. I think I think Fran Mio would have given people a run for their money if he had been healthy this whole time, because he would have hit twenty four oh, home runs already, and they would have just been like these skyscraping bombs. Like, <laughs> I think he would have finally. I think by now, with it heating up now, I think he would have finally hit the the, the scoreboard. Oh, did uh, you see that home run he hit in Columbus? Dude, oh my Huntington God. Park. What the hell? <laughs> like, what that is a major league type park, and he destroyed it in the left of the park. I can't wait for him to come back. They He's going to hit that scoreboard. It's going to happen. <laughs> he is going to hit that scoreboard. I mean, maybe not this year, but maybe next year it's going to happen. There's going to be a wind blowing, you know, you get a little bit of a, of a tailwind. It's going to be great, Matt. He's going to, man, when do they go to Colorado next? I might just make a trip out to Colorado. Just to see him hit there. He's going to hit the scoreboard over there and then crush it. Oh, he's going to hit it over the rock pile. Oh, man. I want to go there so bad. See, hit it up into the, 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 the mile-high seats. Hell, yeah. 
I mean, he seems like one of those guys who, like all these pitchers trying to get their their breaking balls, their sliders to spin more. They try to go to the outside. It doesn't quite get all the way out there. Fred Moraes, as we know, can reach over and get it, hit a thousand feet opposite field. Like I think he's going to. He's going to benefit nice. a lot from the sticky stuff. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, he's going <laughs> to. He's going to. Th- I think he's going to have a nice return to form, as they say. Oh yeah, he's uh, all rested very, up uh, and ready to smash yeah, like, things. Like, Wait, so they're they're not throwing good breaking pitches anymore? Interesting, and then <laughs> very interesting. All oh right. yeah, because he went down when they were all still like that was in the peak of it, and then now it's exactly people were still spinning right up, and now it's like oh wait, so what? Oh, the good ones are still this good. Comes but back like this okay is easy. One. Why was it so hard before? I can just hit this all day. Yeah, wait, what's going on here? I'm hitting three seventy five. <laughs> no run every other red bat. There was some. I think it was a Forbes writer. He he had a graph of like the the average spin rate by month in like 2018 it was going up in 2019 it was going up 2020 jumped a little bit beginning of 2021 it was way up and then like at may it just dropped straight down to below 2018 is how low it is now which which i mean fine good like if you can pitch it kind of yeah it has become pitching was fine in 2017 2018 wasn't it before I remember 2014 being like a, a like a dead ball, like like, board, like one of the worst offensive seasons ever. And then they, they, I guess then they get, they put in the rabbit ball. I mean, they just stop fucking with the ball. I don't know, Matt. They just, yeah, like, wouldn't yeah, that be great if they just did that? <laughs> just I don't know. Hey guys, have some consistency. No, no, that's so fun. <laughs> no, 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 let's no, just change it up uh, every single time. Um, but yeah, Fran will be back soon. Uh, he obviously hasn't played since May 22nd. Crushed that ball in AAA. He's on track to I guess be activated by Saturday, according to Ryan Lewis on Twitter. So he'll be back at DH. I don't. I don't think that changes a whole lot for him because they're basically using it as an off day now. Because <laughs> Jesus Ramirez plays there once in a while. They they just kind of put people there who you could use a half day off, um, which is kind of nice. I mean, I'll have the Franmo Reyes production over everything any day, but just kind of having an extra spot to put somebody in and still keep him in the lineup is nice. Well, I mean, you Jose can put him playing. Let him play. Play do we, defense. Do we, Mayor? <laughs> we've seen this happen i mean it's great i love it because because remember his thing is like you can tell he can do good routes he runs he knows when the ball's going but he cannot get that body moving in time there's he's got a build-up time to it it's like a freight train you know (laughs) but you remember like was it this year i can't remember anymore if it was last no because they had the dhl last year so it must have been this year but like he runs decent routes he's he has the mind for an outfielder but He's just so damn big, and he can't get over there in time. And it's it's hilarious, and I love it. But I, I don't know if I want him out there over put just him putting in, Oscar put him in left. or whoever. Yeah, I mean, there Rosario's let, let, there for now. Maybe maybe he has a preternatural ability to read balls off the wall. You know what? He could be a second coming of Manny Ramirez. It's sluggish, but you know, you know, crafty back there. You know, yeah, like just wait till he bounces off the wall, but then just yeah, and, and gun people down when they're trying to stretch it out because you also have a cannon for an arm. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And I mean, like he is—he's undoubtedly going to be good when he comes back. But now the other one, Roberto Perez, hasn't played since May third. Um, that was a few weeks after getting hit by James Karinchak pitch and fracturing his finger. He just kept on playing. It's fine. You don't, you don't need fingers. They're good. Whatever. He's got nine. He's got. He's got nine other ones. Yeah. Just wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. He'll be. What is he'll it, be back. Um, Come on. <laughs> he's rehabbing in Akron. Now him coming back. I know Austin Hedges. For the love of everything, cannot hit to save his life. But no, I have had a ton of fun having him as the primary catcher um, with Rene Rivera's backup. Just because, I mean, first of all, I think Austin Hedges is almost equally as good as Roberto Perez behind the plate. Maybe he's not as good at handling the staff yet because he doesn't know him, and that's kind of like Roberto's thing. But, but also Austin Hedges is so fun. He's got those eyes that are. Uh, he looks like he's going to kill you every second of his life, and yeah. <laughs> you can see it from the mask too, which is great. But like hearing him before the game when he talks about. Um, 
setting guys up. Like, you know, he knows what he's talking about and he's helping these guys through a lot of things. So I'm glad they have him. I get why they paid two pitchers um, a big percentage of their payroll as they did, because it's clearly that important or catchers, not pitchers, but um but yeah, Austin Hedges, he's he's super intense. I think he he knows what he's doing, which I think that's a good combination if you're if you're as intense as he is, but you're also smart about it. I think he's he's a really good catcher back there. But uh good lord he cannot hit. And I think <laughs> having a catcher that could hit even like twenty nineteen Roberto Perez would be amazing right now. Um but I mean I just don't know that Austin Hedges could ever get there. But also I like having Austin Hedges. Um I'm sure I like having Roberto back too, because he's always been one of my favorite players on the end just because of how good he is on defense, but um it's going to be kind of weird not having Austin Hedges back there every door. I haven't hated it, is I guess what I'm getting around to, is the fact that um, I'll be glad when Roberto Perez is back just because it's good to have two catchers. Sorry, Rene Rivera, but I'm, I'll, you're fine. But you're not Roberto <laughs> Perez or Austin Hedges. Like, he, like, what do you want? He's, what, like 39, something like that? And he came out. He's doing fine considering for what they call yeah, him. Yeah, no, for, but, I mean, no problems. You know. Yeah, but I'll, I'll be glad to have the two guys back. And I would assume, like, I, I thought when they traded Frost and Hedges, he was basically, they saw him as a younger Roberto Perez, and that was basically the start of the end for Roberto. And I think this kind of accelerated it. They see that if, if Roberto can't hit, if there's nothing there in his bat left, you might as well have Austin Hedges, who also can't hit, and is younger and cheaper, and he's going to be around more. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I'm, I'm happy Roberto you know, is coming back and giving depth, but I, I, I've liked Austin Hedges. I, I, it's an upgrade simply because no more Rene Rivera, who's getting fine, but, like, I, I think that, you know, as Cleveland fans, we, we've been spoiled, but also I think we've been trained a little bit to understand what a good catching actually looks like over the set. You know, it's really since Jan Gomes. Um, I mean, we went through a lot of bad years with Victor Martinez and then uh, uh, Carlos Santana and Lou Marson and uh, who else? Some other stinkers. Uh, but anyway, I think we but, forgot how bad Carlos Santana was behind the plate. Like I looked at some old articles about it, and oh my god, he was so no, bad. he was really bad, and like. Victor Martinez was also really bad, like very bad behind the plate. Good arm, but like, anyway, uh, Hedges has been great, I think. He frames well, blocks well. I, I don't think he's as good. I don't think he's as good as, as Roberto Perez is behind the plate. I think part of it, obviously, you said knowing the, knowing the pitchers. But I don't think he blocks as well because he's not as big. Like, I don't think he's as thick and wide. Um, but it hasn't been bad. And now now there will be even less of a drop-off, I guess, when you when you have to bring in your backup catcher. Maybe having him um, kind of come in every fifth day will make him not quite as good, but at the same time, he's had enough time to get to know all the pitchers in some way or other, so it won't even be like a bit of a drop-off or anything like that. And maybe there's one pitcher that likes working with him, so he'll just be the assigned catcher for that guy. Like, um, like I mean, Perez that was Roberto was for, and Trevor Bauer for a while. Exactly, there. yeah. So like, it, it creates a built-in day off for the other catcher, uh, well, the other, and then that young pitcher is comfortable and able to grow. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, if if Perez comes back and starts hitting again, he was hitting the ball very hard. Like I, I remember his peripherals. Maybe I'm misremembering this, but his peripherals were all like good. He just kept on finding gloves, and he got hurt, um, which probably just ended up sapping power and everything else too. So yeah. Um, and, uh, again, Hedges has been you know again dreadful behind the plate or dreadful at the plate, but I mean, Perez has also been bad at the plate. So you're just kind of used to it, and you understand as you know someone who watches Cleveland enough we understand that the overall value is much greater um, of, a, of a great defensive catcher than can be quantified or yeah think of yeah yeah and you are you did not miss any catchers uh thinking back the old ones who do you think had the fourth most games behind catcher between 20 2009 and 2021 you're gonna it's gonna be obvious when you hear the, the fourth man. most 
Yeah, because it's Jan Gomes, Roberto Perez, Lou Marson are the top three. Which would be I mean, Marson. It's not Carlos Santana? It's not Carlos Santana, and it's not Victor Martinez. There was someone else? <laughs> Wait, why is Carlos not even... Hold on, maybe it is Carlos. Who He's is it? Tell me who. Tell me now. I uh, demand Chris, it. Chris Jimenez. <laughs> oh, yeah, Chris Jimenez. Okay, yeah. yeah. He was, again, yeah. he was fine. I don't know, whatever. I mean, all these guys have one thing in common. They can't hit worth a damn. Or... It's amazing. They, either they hit real well and they can't play the, the position at all. Or the other way around, they can't hit at all and they play the position like a, like a god. And I think so. we've learned that's that's what Cleveland values, and I think they might end up being right in that. Like if you can it helps to have like a healthy Fran Moreas and Jose Ramirez hitting and maybe an outfield. If you have all that, you can just sort of give up the, the offensive spot of your catcher exactly. for a good defender. But I, I think a team I'll I'll be honest, I think that a team could win a World Series. Uh, with a catcher like Roberto Perez, as long as they have a hitter of the talent level of uh, Ramirez and another one of the talent level of, what's his name, um, Reyes. But then everyone else has to be pretty good too. That's why I've been excited about seeing like uh, Harold Ramirez. Uh, there's just too many gaps right now. Like if Bobby Bradley continues to be good. But like other than that, it's just you need you need seven, you need what two really great hitters and everyone else has to be either average or slightly above average. And then you can have one, one other, you know, a, a def- another defensive ace as your center fielder or something like that. But I, th- I think that's that te- a team like that with good pitching. You know, like, I mean, that was the Cardinals with. I mean, Yadier Molina was a little bit better in, in the mid two thousands. He had a couple. He had a couple great. Years. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically what they were doing. I mean, but exactly, like, someone who can create much more value than you can even quantify. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, Merritt. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. If you haven't already. Um, Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, where you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Um, follow us on Twitter at Cover the Corner, on Facebook, Covering the Corner. Of course, CoveringTheCorner.com. Follow me on Twitter at Matt R-L-Y. Follow Merritt at Merrill Lunch, like Merrill Lynch with lunch. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for this week. Merritt, talk to you next week. Uh, I'll be there.